Hey guys, thanks so much for listening in today. Today's interview is with Nick and Femi. Both are personal trainers, psych nurses, and two people on a mission looking to inspire more people to open up about mental health and the issues we face today through lack of looking after our mental health and physical health. Nick and Femi are recent contestants in the TV series, The Amazing Race. We talk about their experience, what it was like, the opportunities that have come from it and opened up, and their upcoming podcast about to be released all about mental health. If you want to understand why you may act in certain ways, why training and nutrition is so important, and why we as a society lose 50% of an our IQ when we are stressed, then this episode is for you. Thanks so much and I hope you enjoy. Hi Nick and Femi, thanks so much for joining me today. For those who are listening, can you just let everyone know who you are, what you do and a bit of background about yourselves? Yeah man, thanks for having us. Um, My name's Femi and I'm Nick. Uh, We were ex-contestants on The Amazing Race and now we're just like we're psych nurses and we're just doing our own thing, trying to spread the message of mental health and destigmatizing it as much as we can. Yeah, perfect. Uh, with, you know, mental health, everyone's got their own journey. Uh, do you guys have a bit of a background in your own mental health or is it just like a bit of family or friends that you might have seen to kind of, you know, you're so passionate about it. What kind of sparked that? Yeah, I mean, I think for, for me personally, I haven't had like a, uh, a critical encounter with mental health. So I haven't had like a full clinical diagnosis or anything like that. But however, in my own journey, there has been a lot of things that have actually spiraled, which, you know, early until we started delving deep into mental health that we actually began to become aware of, such as things such as judgment and my, and my insecurities about myself and my body image. Those were some of the big things that I kind of struggled with. Whilst I was young and as I was growing up, it was only something that I was then able to face and realize. And in terms of like family, I don't think, I, don't, I haven't had any friends or family that's going through it. What about? I mean, I've had a lot, uh, a bit more of a, a quintessential experience with uh, mental health in mm. terms of like a lot of friends and family. I've really experienced it. I've had a few people really close to me commit suicide. A lot of people around me, I've, I've experienced it very firsthand, mm. uh, which kind of sparked my interest into like the thought processes and helping people. So mm. that's kind of why I got into it and yeah, I think that everybody goes through mental health problems at some point in their life. Like everybody gets anxious, everybody has issues on a day-to-day basis. We just don't, because it's not, you know, clinical, we disregard it. 100%. Yeah, and that's so good that you're so open about it. I like how you talked about the communication and understanding it a little bit more because it is like, it can be super complex at times. I think people don't realize that, you know, anything from, you know, self-speaking, how your body language is can all make you think or act in a certain way like we look at like cognitive behavioral therapy they're just little things that you change around to help people overcome these barriers what do you think is the most helpful thing that you've had like the tools that you've come across so far in your um mental health career um i think the number one thing has been the reflection piece Mm. and being able to do being able to be self-aware and being able to get to the point where you understand it because the amount of people with like psychotic mental health issues is quite small in comparison to the people with more like what we like what you call everyday ones like anxiety and so I think like the, the big one with it is being self-aware 
I guess the only way to be self-aware is to just realize that it's, you know, it's really, really common and everything has a root reason and just being able to self-reflect on yourself. That's probably the biggest tool of, um, of any, of any kind of process that we do is, yeah. is that self-awareness. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. And especially something that I've been doing a lot for me personally, just on that reflection note is really trying to understand my emotions and, and what kind of triggers me and what doesn't trigger me. Cause I think a lot of the time I used to kind of shake these things off like they were, it was nothing or I'm just overreacting. But when you see it continue to bring, come up in your life and you start to realize that there's actually something going, something going on here that's actually a bit deeper than what we kind of usually think. So being, actually under, being able to actually understand my emotions and how I'm feeling and how I perceive other people importantly as well. Cause I used to always feel that, oh, you know, like, you know, I'm all happy. I'm all happy guy. I don't judge anyone. I don't do this or however someone else acts doesn't impact me whatsoever. But the more you start to reflect and understand your emotions, then you actually start to realize that those little things actually do play a part in your life. And like Fran was saying, having that self-awareness and having that opportunity to have that type of dialogue with yourself is really, really beneficial, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. And what if you had to explain a trigger to someone, how would you explain it for people listening? Because a lot of people don't realize that uh, what these triggers are or you know how they do affect us like you've just explained there sure so a trigger is something that sparks a emotional reaction or a connection to you know it could be an event it could be a person it could be whatever it is mm. so it's basically that something that sparks an emotional reaction to us um, in whatever area of our life with those triggers as well myself knowing too like it was a real game changer when I found out that you know we every single person is triggered by something. And, and mm-hmm. when you realize that the reason that your emotions may go up and down is because of these triggers, it kind of helps level you out and zone you out where you need to be and helps you, I guess, detach yourself from these triggers as well. Do you think that was a big game changer for you guys understanding that uh, triggers can actually help people control their emotions a lot better? Yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like a lot of the time, a lot of people that I encounter, they don't like to feel like there's anything that sets them off, mm-hmm. especially when somebody else calls them out for it. Instantly, you start to be in denial. You're like, oh, no, that doesn't trigger me. Oh, no, that doesn't piss me off. And then we ignore it and we don't actually fix it. But as soon as you get to a point where you understand that, yeah, everybody goes through this. Everybody is triggered by something at one point. Just being able to accept it, understand with it and deal with it. Absolutely. That's, that's the game changer. And that's what actually allows you to grow within your own mental health. Yeah, and it's what we were, Nicholas and I were actually having this conversation yesterday. Um, And there's a, for every single emotional response or every trigger, there's a deep-rooted emotional issue that needs to be addressed. Mm. Because the only time you're triggered by something is that you have something that's unresolved within yourself that's causing you to react and to be triggered. So before we get to the point of, knowing triggers because triggers is really just a symptom it's not the issue the issue is the emotional whatever emotional trauma emotional issue that's within yourself so the moment that you're able to be aware of whatever's your emotional hang-ups you're able to be less triggered and be more aware of when you are triggered and know the reason for you being triggered that's on the nail that's perfect that's great and it's really good that people can kind of hear that because well my kind of perspective of mental health when I first kind of, when I was a bit younger and I, I didn't even know like what mental health was. I didn't think it was a thing, but mm-hmm. as growing up, you, you realize like there are mental health issues and you realize a perspective that I have is every single person goes through anxiety. Every person goes through depression at some point in their life. That's 
that's my mm. perspective. I think it's just more about people are just not willing to open up about it so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a negative kind of perception that people have when you mention the word mental health. Yeah. And even for myself, I was guilty of it before I actually delved into a bit further because I used to be like, Oh, I don't want to say that it's mental health because then now people are going to think that I'm psychotic and that I'm crazy and that yeah. I'm unwell and I need to go into a, a hospital or some kind of like asylum. And it was just, it's all complete bullshit. At the end of the day, yeah. it's like, Mental health, it's just like the same way we think about our physical health. We know that it includes like, you know, like our respiratory system, how we breathe, mm. us walking, our mobility, all those kind of things. But when we talk about mental health and the mind, yeah. people are going to be like, no, it's not mental health. This is more just like a mindset type of thing. But it's yeah. like, well, mindset's your mental health. So like, why are we trying <laughs> to like sugarcoat it to make it sound a bit nicer where it's like, end of the day, like this is the root issue. Yeah. And the moment that we start to accept that, that's the, really, the moment that we're going to be able to start having real conversations and that these kind of statistics that are going on with suicide rates and things like that will start declining. Exactly. And just with, with what Nick said is like, absolutely everything is mental health. Mm. Like there's, there's the best research shows that like, there's no action that doesn't come before, like doesn't, that comes before a thought. Mm. Like thought starts every action. And before you do everything, you have 70 to, it's the average person has 70 to 80,000 thoughts every single day. So it's showing that your mind and your mental health is absolutely essential because you're having 70 to 80,000 different interactions with your mind mm. every single day that's causing you to act the way that you act. So if you don't get your mental health right, then obviously you're going to be a prick in the, in the workplace. <laughs> yeah. Jane from accounts is a bitch because <laughs> she hasn't looked after her mental health, not yeah. just because she's a bitch. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and people don't realize that and they don't actually take that into account. And they just think that that person's just that behavior just cause, mm. just doing that behavior just cause. Mm. And that's the biggest thing. It's good to have that perspective because a lot of people don't have that perspective in the workplace. They think, mm. you know, that, that it's saying, that same thing that you know jane is a bitch because she's just that's it but you know yeah i don't think people realize that people aren't born in these ways of acting or feeling it's just something that they're not dealing with and comes straight down to that self-acceptance that you said before um accepting that you need to work on yourself and you need to start taking steps to improve not only like physical but more internal change but that doesn't happen until you you have that acceptance. Do you think it? What what's the reason? Why do you think people don't take that time to accept where their emotional state is? For me, I feel like no one wants to be told or know that I'm not perfect mm. or I'm going through some issues. Because when you really think about it, like a lot of the times where I have arguments with my friends and stuff like that, from the first one to two minutes of a discussion, I already know whether I'm right or I'm wrong. But sometimes you just entertain it for the pride or the ego. Mm. And I think that a lot of the times people don't really come to terms with that because no one wants to really face that ego. No one wants to face the fact that, oh, I'm really not, yeah, I'm broken or I'm going through some things. Because the truth is that human nature, you don't want to feel like that whatsoever. But I think that the moment that we can understand that it's okay to be like that and it's normal, once it becomes normal, then everyone will be able to be like, yeah, you know what? I have issues and that's okay. And everyone will be much more spoken about it. And I think that's one of the big things that we need to be working towards in order for people to come, to come into terms of accepting that they have these kind of issues. Now with 
working on the internal, like comes down to like self-awareness, acceptance, realizing your triggers. What do you think is the biggest thing that people struggle with? Is it like you guys talk about that misconception of mental health? Do you feel like that's just the biggest thing now is people don't understand it or they think it's too far out of the lead? Or do you think it's more down to that ego-driven state? Um, I think it's both. I think that they contribute to each other and they work with each other. I think that people are at a point where they don't understand it and because they don't understand it they don't want to address it Mm. so it's more about getting people to the level that actually realize that like i said before everything is mental health you understand what it actually means to be mentally well um and it's and if once you understand that you'll be much more open and much more forgiving of yourself to not being perfect Mm. and being able to think that like it's a normal thing to feel sad it's a normal thing to feel angry. It's a normal thing to, you know what? I don't want to feel like, you know, like it's a normal thing to have feelings, but because we don't understand it and we don't, we like, because we understand it, we think it's abnormal so that we don't want to accept that the fact that like, Hey, the fact that I've been feeling really, really low for the past six months isn't okay. And I should probably get help for it. Yeah, definitely. Now that we've kind of landed on the internal and kind of creating that awareness, what, what are the benefits of exercise to mental health? Like we all like, there's so many things out there, articles, blogs, etc., on like, you know, how exercise makes you better. Obviously we have, you know, your endorphin rush, but what do you think on another perspective? Is it the routine that creates more structure that creates that change in behavior? There's different levels to it from a very much. So like if we can look at it from a physiological perspective and get a little bit just quickly scientific so people can understand. So a big thing that controls our anxiety and our kind of like our mental state is something like our parasympathetic nervous system. So that's, so the sympathetic nervous system is our fight or flight that makes us go, go, go. The parasympathetic is what keeps us calm. Exercise, nutrition, breathing, all of those things are really, really good for like something called the vagus nerve. So the vagal, vagal regulation, which allows us to stay calm because if we're able to exercise, drink lots of water, stay hydrated, eat well that's going to promote that vagal regulation which allows us to reduce our cortisol levels be more resist more resilient and overall happier and have more energy so that's why it's actually from a physiological and a scientific perspective it's really really important from that routine perspective yeah 110 percent as well like it does have that contributing factor and it also allows you to have like a sense of accomplishment and all those things as well that come with it but also from like a basic human bio- biological perspective as well, it's absolutely essential. Absolutely. And you even mentioned that point as well, is that when your cortisol levels go up, like what happens? Yeah. You know, you drop like 50% of your IQ. And majority of the times that when we're at that level, when we're stressed and we're not really looking after ourselves, that's when we start making dumb decisions. Yeah. And we're actually just magnifying our anxiety. We're magnifying whatever kind of mental health issue is actually going on. Yeah. So like what Femi was saying, as soon as we start to address that, we've put into good routines, good habits, and we start feeding our body what it actually needs to actually function well, mm. then a lot of these things are going to start to diminish or reduce, I should say. Perfect. I love how you touched on the nervous system um, because that's the biggest thing. People don't actually realize, you know, what is flight or flight, which can be a huge impactor in people Mm -hmm. acting in different ways. Now, what's your kind of exercise regime for yourselves? Um, I play soccer and I box and I go to the gym and like lift weights. And I'm, I'm very, I used to be a lot about just like pumping weights. And then now I've really, really realized that like, motion is the potion so we need to yes. do a, little bit more, a lot 
more exercise and a lot more cardio and yeah and it's really, that's what been my shift as of the last couple of years yeah. it's so funny we just went to go see like a nutritionist and we went on like a diet plan so we can kind of be like more strict and lean with ourselves mm. because like a lot of the time we're just playing we're playing bullshit <laughs> to be honest back in the days like we'll be honest like we go through times where we exercise and do all that good stuff but at the end of the day if you're feeling your body bullshit like it doesn't make a difference it all becomes quite pointless and for us like nutrition is like the biggest game changer because naturally we just we we like to go out there we like to lift weights we like to have a laugh but mm. as soon as you start feeling your body bullshit like you feel like you're not even progressing at all if anything you're still going backwards and nutrition can make or break a lot of people and i think a lot of people don't realize that i remember when i actually yeah. i was the same like i used to eat so much rubbish i was training for a while now um I'm a fellow personal trainer as well and I used to just eat Maccas and drink so much <laughs> on weekends. And, you know, like I was getting bigger, but it wasn't the good kind of bigger. And it wasn't until exactly. I changed my eating habits that, you know, yes, I got leaner. Um, but the big thing was, again, like mental, mental side just felt so much better, performed yeah. better, worked better. Um, I, it was just like a game changer. And I think if people start to realize that, you know, what, you actually become what you eat they'll just yeah. they'll never go back how did it make yeah. you guys feel like did you feel a big difference changing from one to the other yeah man Absolutely. huge like it's just the whole the whole perspective is different it's no longer about you know that it also changes from like that vanity of wanting to be the big buff guy as well yeah to wanting to just actually care about your health mm. so like once we change that you started making decisions that were consciously beneficial to your health. And that transcended from, from nutrition to everything, waking up earlier, being da da da, and all that kind of yeah. things. Really, it, like, it had a big ripple effect for us, exactly. for sure. Because nothing against like, the whole muscle building industry, nah, stuff, man. but it, you do get to a point that when you're lifting weights and stuff, you, you naturally get into that ego driven state oh, where you're like, oh, I'm going to keep flexing my chest, my biceps, or I'm the biggest guy, or touch my arms. And it's, it's quite ego driven behaviors. And not I'm everyone. Not, not everyone. But for, for me personally, that was something that I was like yeah. when I was making some big results. But as soon as I was able to detach from like my physical appearance and just focus on being like, motivated having a lot of energy not feeling so lethargic all the time then that's mm -hmm. when the, the big game changes started happening for me <laughs> no, no, no results yet but it's coming it's coming chris <laughs> one, <laughs> one day at a time one day at a time <laughs> one day at a, one step at a time it's, it's not a race man it's all about patience here <laughs> uh, a cool thing i want to touch on as well is i've talked to a lot of people um like clients over the years in gyms and big perspective is you can look as healthy or healthier than anyone in the gym but guaranteed you'll you most likely the most anxious person in the gym or depressed person mm, in the yeah. gym these people who are at these states like you know usually people who are trying to bodybuild it's more so because like they're just lifting weights and they're not working on the cardio the cardiovascular like they're not working on that internal again what do you guys know about working you know your cardiovascular system and what are the benefits for that Man, working your cardiovascular system is everything. I, I hated the fact when, like, in the bodybuilding industry, I don't know if it's too much like that these days, but when they used to be like, cardio is shit, cardio is for sissies, cardio is this. Mm -hmm. But it's like, that's complete bullshit. Like, cardio is like, that's your heart. Like, that's your performance. This is what's actually allowing you to, like, live and breathe and function. And it's important that we continue to, to work on that 
and improving that so that we can reduce the risk of what having cardiac attacks, having clots in our blood and our arteries, having all these kind of things that if you don't pay attention to it and work on it, they will manifest and you could go to the hospital being shredded as F, but bro, like your heart's performing like a freaking 90 year old. So it's just, yeah, you be very cautious of it. And also like obviously cardio is, cardiovascular is like circulation at the end of the day. Mm. That's what it's, the main thing that it's used for, right? So if your blood circulation, if you're eating good shit, right, but you're not doing cardio, you're not actually moving that nutrients through your blood, yeah. it's less effective. So you need to move and you need to get the nutrients to circulate around your blood cells and to your brain so you can have be able to make have the most holistic approach to your care. And I think that cardio is so, so important to be able to get that circulation going and all that kind of thing. Mm. So yeah, so 100%. Cardio, cardio is life, man. Mm, cardio or die. Cardio or die, baby. <laughs> you heard it here first. Cardio or die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> And it's real, like, for sure. Yeah, I've seen it so many times where people come in super, super slow, super, super thick, right? Super muscly, but no cardiovascular work. And, you know, it ends up they get sick all the time. Their immunity isn't working that well. And they're always wondering, oh, I'm, I'm not sure why, but it's the simplest thing of just like, you know, working on that system. Now, yeah, what else is uh, in the works for you guys? Like, what are you up to at the moment? What's happening in the future that you're excited about? Uh, so we're working on our podcast. Um, yep. Our podcast is going to be like solely about mental health and from interviewing experts and celebrities about their perspective but also we're going to have times where it's just our perspective where we talk and we educate and we kind of have discussions about it um on a solo level as well so that's the big thing that we're working on at the moment yeah and i think family said he's going to go on the bachelor or something like that no. i don't know <laughs> that's not happening that's what i mean <laughs> i did say that article yeah, you saw that. Oh, <laughs> he was he was so excited to hear that. He's like, "Yes, oh, I might have a chance." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's always next year. Always next year. If you don't go on this year, yeah. there's always <laughs> one around the corner. <laughs> what did you say? Huh? What did you say? Repeat <laughs> He's nervous. He got a little crush. That's all. Oh, uh, oh. Well, you know, you never know. Just walk around the same same place. You'll get there. Um, <laughs> Now, I have to touch on how was the amazing race and how was the experience of it all? How were you excited when you got on? Um, what was it like when, you know, you, you went to the, you were in that last spot and unfortunately you didn't make it in? Man, like the whole experience was so unreal. Like the way we even applied, like, it was so random, right? Like I'm literally at work, Femi's just scrolling through Facebook and he sees that they're casting for some travel adventure show. We're like, oh, being an amazing race back, do you want to apply for it? We're just like, yeah, like, why not? So casual about it, didn't really care. And then, like, the funny thing about it is that the applications were going to close, like, at 5, yeah. 5 p.m. And we only decided to make our video at, like, 4.57. We're like, Literally. we're like, oh, gee, that's right, it's about to close. So, like, let's, fuck, let's just do it quickly. Who cares? We'll just say whatever and submit it. So, the video was just so raw, rough. The lighting was shit. Everything it was, was just, just everything, everything was shit. Um, and that's what I find even funny about it is like, fuck, because it was like, once we did that, and then we went to the next step, then the next step. And you see other other guys that are applying, they're so prepared, they're so ready, they yeah. got matching outfits, scripts, scripts and everything. We're like, oh. oh. We're like, oh, shit. Like, we were at the, when did I do the audition, we were like, 
Oh crap! Is that tomorrow? Yeah. Ah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn! Yeah. Damn, man. That's it. We're out of our element. And then, like, when we got that email that we're on it, we we're just like, whoa! Like, we, we couldn't deep it. And then we didn't believe it. We didn't believe it. The next thing you know, we're in Seoul, Korea, like in front oh, of Burvine, and it was just. That's- it was just, honestly, it was, it's, it's so insane. It's like you were living a fantasy because it was such a massive disconnection from real life because you leave like your phone, your wallet and everything back in Sydney and you just go participate in this amazing race for like six weeks. And then it all came to an end when I couldn't make some sandals and then there we are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> back <man>. in Sydney. <laughs> That's cool though. Like, and it's quite funny because you've just gone from horrible light to, you know, having a makeover before your uh, TV. The in- yeah, 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 well. So I complete change. We don't put a makeup on us. We couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, oh is this what? really what it's like, eh? Getting makeup put on okay. your nice lights, doing photo shoots. Okay. Oh, like, no, I was, was blessed. You've made it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, cool. That's great to hear. It's good to hear that you're like so humble about it all and really genuine, lovely guys. Uh, how was it when you, you know, like when you had no social media, just out of curiosity, did it feel just, do you find that that helped you really just become present? Um, well, look, I think when we didn't have social media, we also didn't have anything. So we were just in a room with each other. So we were incredibly <laughs> bored. I guess I like I think the real no, I don't think they deep it. Like we were literally in a room just with ourselves. No like, TV. No TV. No nothing. <laughs> and we can't leave the room. So I think that <laughs> if it was just no social media, then it would have been a beautiful like retreat. Mm. But because I had nothing but this guy's face to look at, um, <laughs> wouldn't recommend like we were arguing because we were just bored we would argue because we we're bored we're like what do you want to argue about when we get home nah, <laughs> because you would get you they wake up at 7 a.m to have breakfast for 40 minutes and then it's like i, I didn't need you until 4 p.m because yeah. like, <laughs> you kind of asleep all you do is sleep like uh yeah. but yeah now to answer your question yeah so we just went off a bit of a tangent <laughs> to answer your question man um yeah, I think that there is benefit in, in getting away from social media at some times and really just being present with yourself mm. and reconnecting with your, who mm. you are. I found sure. it quite refreshing, for yeah, sure. Good, yeah. Because I, sp- I realized that you spend so much time just looking at this little device that it's like it actually stops you from really enjoying and experiencing what's really in front of you. Yeah. It's just like, for me, when I came back, I didn't even want to go back on my phone. I'm like, I, I enjoy living this life just doing what I want and being present in what's around me. Mm. But obviously, you can't because, like, you got like, friends, yeah. family, and life. But, you know, I think that every once in a while, everybody should do, like, a little bit of a detox from their phone and social just, media. For me, I think there's benefit in both. I think that, like, the like, reality of the world is that you can't do that your phone. Mm. So I think that it's important not to overdo it and just... Like, having a complete detox is, like, an unsustainable method. I think it's more just limiting yourself and being able to have that self-control, I reckon, mm. is probably the best on a day-to-day basis. Mm. I think there's some good apps for that as well, yeah. actually, that can just block it off. Yeah. 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 At least people just listening in don't, like, I guess you can argue with your friend if you're stuck in a room for a few hours too long, but, yeah, <laughs> just embrace the, the, the time as well. <laughs> <laughs> but for people listening in, how can they um, find you? What are your social media platforms? What's your podcast? Podcast going to be and what channels is it going to be on yeah absolutely so you can find us on instagram at nick and femi you can also find us on facebook at nick and femi you can find our podcast that's going to be launched next week on february the 6th on spotify apple music and on youtube there'll be some visuals as well so 
we do a little bit of exciting stuff on the podcast, so you might want to check into those visuals. Yeah. But if not, then we definitely got stuff to please everybody. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to have a chat to me today. I really appreciate it. It was such a pleasure to talk to you guys. You guys are crack up. It's so good. Um, there is one last question I have for anyone who might be struggling with mental health issues. What's some advice that you would say to them today if they may be isolated or what, what's some advice that you'd have for them? The first thing I would say is to understand firstly that it's okay that it's okay to be going through what you're going through at the moment and don't beat yourself and be too harsh, harsh on yourself about it. Because I think a lot of times we tend to punish ourselves for being unwell, um, which is not needed at all. Mm. So firstly, understand that it's okay. Forgive and yeah, forgive yourself. And I mean, everyone's got different support methods and how they like to be supported in a situation. So I wouldn't say that what I'm about to say is, is universal and streamlined, but I will just encourage you that there is benefit and just being open and, and talking to someone that you really trust about it because you can get so much benefit from just voicing what's actually going on and just having someone on the other end just listen and receive it without even having to say anything because I think a lot of the times myself being guilty I feel that if I'm going through some things and I talk to someone about it that they're going to try you know diagnose me fix me and do all these kind of things but if you can pre-frame at the start that I just want to voice what I'm feeling and like I just want you to listen then I think that's Incredibly therapeutic. 100%. I agree with him 100% in terms of what your steps should be if you're the person that's going through it. But I feel like we also need to know how to how to help people because mm. we don't have that's a very, very good understanding point. how to help people. And the best way to do that is to simply, when you're having a conversation with someone, is to validate, empathize, and ask why. Those are the three steps that will always allow you, the other person to open up to you and for you to be real and without having passing any judgment or diagnosing them. It's just simply validate that their feelings are right. Empathize, like, yeah, I understand that was really, really suck. How, what's your thought process around that? And why? Like, why are you feeling that? Why? Right? So that they can, they can go through that process of their own discovery and being able to forgive themselves and go through that process. That's really, really important. Perfect. And that's, that's beautiful. That's so good. And I'm sure people listening in will take that straight away. And because it is quite hard for people to open up, but they're really easy steps. You don't have to, you know, go somewhere you don't feel comfortable with. Just go someone you know and just take that time to um, open up and don't yeah. feel pressured don't feel embarrassed just know that everyone goes through these things once again uh nick and femi thanks so much for joining in today and i'll be watching and seeing how you go on the bachelor as well <laughs> <laughs> take thanks care guys you, really appreciate it have a good one thanks so much for listening guys i really hope you enjoyed that episode and if you did enjoy that episode and you feel inspired or you think there's someone out there that needs to listen to it share it with your friends and family and subscribe to this podcast because there's going to be someone out there that needs to hear this and who may be going through their own obstacle and this might help them change their perspective and see the opportunities that are in front of them until next time thanks so much again for listening in